In the heart of the state of the art, at the dawn of the next stage in entertainment, you found no proscenium. indeed found no proscenium the voice of everything immersive i'm your host noah nelson and welcome to episode 362 this week on the show it's a two-hander as los angeles reviews editor and review crew captain kevin gossett and i trade notes on la's spooky season so far which mostly means we talk Universal Halloween Horror Nights and Not Scary Farm, along with a detour for the Haunted Hayride, and a few asides, and a lot of shop talk about what makes these things click for both aficionados and the more casual spooky season goers. A lot of ands in there. Uh, But before we get to that, just a few quick announcements. There are just 31 tickets left for the Denver Immersive Gathering coming up on November 4th through 6th. The VIP tickets are sold through, but those looking to see Theater of the Mind can still buy a la carte tickets and experience it with the Dig crew. Over 200 creatives and professionals have already registered for the event, and these are the last tickets available for what is going to be the talk of the immersive industry for months to come. Check the show notes for the links, and I hope to see you there. And no pro Patreon backers have access to a $50 discount, which takes a ticket back to its original price, just $150 down from the already bargain price of $200 for the whole weekend. And yes, that includes access to Meow Wolf Convergence Station. A few more updates. Actually, uh, one more update before we get to the bagger report. Uh, the New York City Immersive Meetup on Monday, November 14th from 7 to 10 is now sold out. Yes, it's sold out. Everyone's registered through. Those who want to catch what happens at the panel are in luck, though, as the event is being recorded and we'll have the audio here in the podcast feed. And now the backer report. Thanks to our latest backers, Connie Yu and Yu Yang Fang. We stand now at 383 backers, just 17 shy from 400. And that is our goal for the month, as improbable as it is. Make no bones about it. No pro can't continue to be all that it has become in this media environment without your direct support. The only financial support we, meaning me, can rely on. So if you're able, please back us at www.patreon.com slash no proscenium. And if you already do, or if times are tight like they are for me, take a moment to drop us a review on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice and help spread the word. It's silly, but it really helps. We're also on the lookout for community partners who are up for working out special deals for our backers, making it all the more worthwhile for everybody. Hit me up at noah at noproscenium.com for details. As always, big thanks to our sustaining backers, Ari Hurston, Chris Woolman, Samantha Davison, Eric Shamlin, Elaine, Jay Bushman, Jerome Joseph Gentes, David Bassick, Richard Ayers, Lonnie Hanson, Mark Balthazar, Sidney Guillory, and Jan Budman. Thank you all for keeping us together. And with that, uh, here comes Kevin and me, just John for better part of an hour. Hope you like it. It's that time of the year all over the country, but most especially here in Los Angeles. Yes, spooky season is here, and uh, we like to get the team together and talk about stuff. The team, however, everyone's schedules are just wild these days, which is why we haven't had the review crew in a while. But today with me is the leader of the review crew, our LA Reviews editor, Kevin Gossett. Hey, Kevin. Hey, uh, yeah, it's uh, spooky season in LA, and it's uh, it's great. Love yeah, it. um, I'm I'm 
I'm, you know what? I want to say like I'm hyped, but like the truth be told is like, it's kind of a quiet year, isn't it? It, I, it is a quiet year, but it's also just like, I just like fall and Halloween mm. in LA. I, even though it's been like, it's been hot here as per usual, but um, I just like this, but not this as, time of year. Not as hot. Like, I feel like this is the most temperate, you know, I don't want to jinx us, but like, I was surprised. next week. We'll, uh, we'll know who to Wait, what? What? No, it's not. No, God, you freaked me out. Man. I said, when it, when it is, uh, we'll know. Oh, no, 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 no. That's just the rest of this episode. It's just going to be me saying that. Like watching too many uh, cat videos where they sound like they're like talking. The, the Elmo burning meme. Pretty much. Yeah. All right. So we like October 1st was actually like felt like a fall day, which I was like utterly shocked. I was like, oh, October's doing the October thing. Um, we've both been to a couple of the theme park haunts, uh, and I caught myself the hayride and there's a few other things to kind of look forward to this season. Uh, and we just thought we'd, you know, share notes on what, what we've been doing so far. So Kevin, tell me in great detail about, (laughs) about Universal's Halloween Horror Nights here at Universal Studios here in Hollywood, California. Um, because uh, I haven't been, I've actually never been to Universal, like Halloween Horror Nights. I've been, I mean, technically I've been to Universal, like in that I've like gone to a press event in the Hogwarts area, but like th- that's pretty much been it. That's like all I've ever Wait, so you, You've never even like been to Universal normally? No. So like oh, when I was a little kid and I lived down here, I was so freaked out by the idea of Jaws. That um, buried deep into my brain is like an aversion to Universal Studios because they would run ads all the time and it always have the shark pop up. And like, I just didn't want to be near like I like a deep seated fear of great white sharks. Right. Because partly because I was born the year Jaws came out and I think there was just a lot of ads for Jaws and a lot of Jaws imagery. <laughs> um, and so I think it just like, you know, got baked in there. Um, and so the sad thing is, is that means like, I never rode ET. I never rode back to the future. Like all those classic Classic motion simulator rides of that era never did it. Um, and, and even though there's like stuff I I would definitely like, I I need to go look when Nintendo land opens, I'm there. Like no doubt, no question. I gotta check that out. Um, I've been on the lot a couple of times, um, and, and, uh, but I've, I've never actually, you know, done the thing. You should check it out. There's good stuff. I don't like, it's, it's fun. I don't know. Universal's yeah. cool. Yeah. The tram, the tram tour was like, I think probably like the, the highlight, I guess. Yeah. Or around on the back lot, get attacked with a shark. Um, yeah, I know that's the problem the shark again, you know, <laughs> he's back. Um, so so halloween horror nights though like this is the this is the big this is one of the two big like there's 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 anyway yeah setting the stage for those outside of southern california the three big theme park haunts are halloween horror nights uh nights (laughs) just portmanteaued something uh (laughs) halloween horror nights fright fest up at six flags uh, and which neither of us have, have gone to this year and not scary farm, which is the granddaddy of them all, which I went to. And so we're going to kick it off with universal and Kevin. Well, we can, we can do a uh, 30 seconds on six flags. Cause I did, I did go, but I didn't do any of the mazes. I just went on the rides cause they're, uh, it's the one time yeah, they're open later. So you get to ride the uh, roller coasters at night. Oh, that's really cool. I okay, enjoy yeah, we'll, doing. we'll do that. We'll do that after knots. So, uh, but you didn't do any of the mazes. We're, we're off to a fine form. No, that's, that, <laughs> we're that's so it. organized that's today. On, that's all I got on Six Flags is uh, I went on okay. roller coasters when it was dark and I uh, saw that there were mazes in the park. No, <laughs> yeah. And we're like, oh, those look like lines. Best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that. So, um, cool. So, Universal. Yes. So Horror Nights is uh, is back this year, as as it always is, except for the uh, 2020 when it was closer to the pandemic. So when I was actually like counting up, I was writing a little capsule on this and then a full piece. Uh, it turned out this is my 10th year going, going mm. since 2012. Um, so I think it's, I, it's like, oh, I've been, I've been this a lot over the last uh, 
uh, period of my life. So I thought this this year was good. I always feel it's like it's pretty good. Um, I think there's some mazes that are like better than others. There's some that are fine. There's some that are just like, yeah, it's a maze. It's got a good set design. So um, that's what you can always expect with, with Horror Nights is I think you have these really like movie quality sets. They're like they look cool from the outside. There's good production design on the inside. Some of the masks I think they put on like for like the weekend maze. There's like people like the weird weekend mask on instead of just how like actors use their normal face. Um, so they do that periodically, which is a little weird, but um, mm. I thought it was good. I thought there was some cool stuff. I thought there was some okay stuff. I thought there was stuff they could do better that I'm pretty sure they will never actually change just because they <laughs> can't at this point. Um, <laughs> this is what the event is. Uh, so, yeah. Well, let's let's drill in for a second on, on the weekend after yes. hours. So... Universal's done crossovers with musicians before. I think it's usually like metal musicians, which... Yes, it's been Alice like Cooper all... and uh, Black Sabbath in the past. Yeah, which is cool, but I got to admit, like, doesn't... In, in some ways, doesn't feel special in a weird way compared to The weekend because, mm-hmm. like, metal, you're like, oh, well, of course. Duh. Yeah. Right? Like, metal and the horror aesthetic, particularly, like, you know, the the slaughterhouse chop, you know, meat aesthetic, kind of go hand in hand. Right? But, like, mm-hmm. The weekend, very different vibes. Very different vibes as a musician. And even though uh, one could say that that Super Bowl halftime show was definitely horrific in certain ways. <laughs> Not necessarily like, oh yeah, of course, of course, Abel and and horror go hand in hand. Um, so what what was the theme? What was the idea about this one? So I think if you dive into like the website or somewhere a little bit, they talk about it. It's like the he's his videos actually do use kind of like horror imagery and they trade on kind of that idea. So it's, it's not as far fetched as I think as it seems. And you're like the weekend, what the hell? Like, what are they doing? Um, and so actually I think the beginning of the maze starts like they're sucking the ideas out of, uh, the weekend's head and like, kind of like transposing them onto this, this area. So it's like, you walk through like scenes from his mind as I think he envisions as like these ideas for his music videos or his performances or her is his, um, songs. And so it's kind of these like there's like a club to start and then there's like some weird like frog creatures and then there's the uh, the kind of nurses who I think were in the halftime show. And it's kind of these like horror things that it's playing on. And it's like it was actually a, probably the maze I like the second best. Let's say I'll, La Llorona was my favorite. Um, we can talk about that one in a second. But this okay. one was was definitely up there. And I think it was just because it had a lot of personality. It was like the most interesting kind of concept that it's like it shouldn't work, but it actually does and it was like fun to look at and it's like a little different than normal just like horror tropes that like tend to show up in these mazes where it's like oh it's another like it's the scene from texas chainsaw massacre around the table like repurposed for something else this you're getting much different stuff because it's it's coming drawing from the weekends um kind of litany of uh songs and uh, music videos i want to i want to put a pin in this for a second because i have a, I have a question about what the actors in the maze were doing. But I think before we get into how the how that was executed in the weekend, I feel like it'd be good to establish a little bit of a baseline by talking about one of the other mazes. So you mentioned this was your second favorite maze. What was your first? Yes. Uh La Llorona was my first. Uh, ah, La Llorona, which is a which is a returning maze. It is a returning maze. So I think they did this version in 2012 or something very similar. It's just like it has this this one has like such a specific feel. It's got like interesting like creature design interesting scares it kind of like it, it starts in like a chapel and there's like kind of people sitting on benches and you don't know they're like are they actors or are they just mannequins and so that's like it sets the mood in a really like interesting way that a lot of the horror nights mazes don't and it's mm-hmm. kind of a little bit like of a slower burn in some of these scares that like or you walk through a hallway and it's like there's statues and you don't know are they people or are they statues um which is a little bit different from the common language, I think, of Horror Nights Mazes, which like someone triggers like a, a loud sound effect and like flashing lights and kind of jumps out at you. So La Llorona is a little different. That's kind of like, what's happening? And then there's like some some big like La Llorona set pieces show up as she's like eating children. And, and there's like this weird like barn sequence with these gory like horse head masks. That's cool. Um, but that when one, you I just, say, just, like, when you say face. she's eating children, is there 
performer or is there like a, a monster puppet there thing? Is a, there are a couple large La Llorona monster puppets throughout the maze, which are like huge. Um, oh, wow. And are very cool. And again, that's something a little different from like kind of Horror Nights usual, usual beat. Um, so you get these like, oh, like they have the budget to do this and it's, it's, it's neat. So you've got, you get like a large puppet that's like eating a baby, like whole. Yes. Like a, like a child sized performer, I would say more than a baby, but yes. Wait. So like, so there'll be like a puppet and a person. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'll find, I'll find a video. I'll show it to you afterwards. Cause it's, yeah, it's that's, neat. that sounds, that sounds pretty dope actually. Cause like, Skippy had a little bit to like, not like Knott's kind of formula for like a lot of the 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 mazes are you know twist turn twist turn few visual set pieces actors sometimes jumping out at you and then like the last thing is usually like big animatronic mm. puppet thing that's there to give you the last like bar and then you know you're done essentially it's like oh that was the that was the big monster at the heart of the maze right um and and you know, like you know what you're getting into, like every time. And there's something, there's something kind of weirdly yeah. reassuring about that. Um, so, what would you say the the usual? <laughs> usual I think that uh, that actually universal describes formula. Universal's formula pretty well too. Some of them, um, like the big scares, come a little bit like closer to the middle, but usually it's like there's yeah, like kind of a big creature or monster, like something like not normal size near the end, or it's like if that's shown up a little earlier, it's like a little last like. They flash the title at the end of the movie, and then like someone else jumps out at you and right. grabs you, type of thing. Well, I grab you, I'm touching you in the mazes. Uh, they try to stab you with a knife, let's say. Um, <laughs> so it's that type of thing. Um, so I think Running it's probably chainsaw, very similar. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I thought the other cool one was Terror Tram this year, which is usually it's like okay. Um, it's been the purge for the last couple years, uh, which is I guess fine. It's the purge. <laughs> I don't know. You want me to- Attacked by these people in mass so many times. Um, so this one, so actually, I was going to talk about the nope, uh, the set from nope first, but there was actually this like kind of silly gag in the middle where it's like Black Cat Alley, and they have these like kind of scary, kind of weird looking cats like jumping over a fence. They're like st- on stilts, like come over you at the top of you, but in between the scares, they just act like cats and they're kind of like scratching at the post. <laughs> it's like a little. It's like this is kind of fun. This is goofy. It's like a little like weirder than. <laughs> I think it normally is. So um, I like, I like a weird, I like yeah. a weird, like the, the thing I've been finding, cause like I'm not a born Halloweener. Right. Mm-hmm. And some of that has to do with the fact that my birthday is like a week before Halloween. So Halloween always was a little bit of competition, you know, for, you know, I was in competition with, and then I do love getting costume and getting dressed up, but like, I'm so specific about it that if I can't do it the way I really want to do it, I don't want to do it at all. Mm. So I'm like, I'm just picky. I'm really picky with my Halloween stuff. And the, there's, there can be a monotony to the formula of a maze or even just like the tone. That's what I'll get into and talk about. knots, Right. Like where it's like, like, Oh, Hey, big hunk of meat hanging from the ceiling again right. what's that doing here what's that got to do with anything it's like oh, what's do it's 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 horrifying and it's like oh is it is it horrifying i don't know it's just gory and and this idea that instead mixing up the tones mixing up the aesthetics keeping you uncertain because for me that's where the actual frights can come from where it's just like oh, like i don't actually know what's going on here and that that's what lowers my defenses and gets me ready to be surprised or scared or delighted. Yeah, because I think like jump scares don't do a lot for me. It's mostly like these people will shove things like really close to your face. It's kind of you back up. And sometimes yeah. like get you like sometimes they'll get you good if there's like if it hasn't been Kong aligned and like you know there's something coming in the room and you're looking the wrong direction, they like really get you. Yeah. So I do appreciate that. But I also, yeah, I think that's why I appreciate when like a maze does something a little weird. It's like, oh, I like that that tone change. It's like like you were saying, it's like, oh, it's different. Um so I'll get back to Terror Tram just thinking because they have uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space Maze, um, which also is it plays with that tone. It's it's like a lot goofier, and there's still like scares that kind of jump out of you. There's like some big creature effects, but it's it's a little sillier. It kind of like leans into the comedy a little bit more, 
and it's not necessarily like the scariest maze, but it's it's fun because it is different. It's willing to play with the the tone instead of like it's horror and there's corpses hanging everywhere and there's meat and it smells weird. It's like it smells like cotton candy in the maze because it's a carnival, um, <laughs> which is cool. So I I do appreciate when they change change the tone up. Um, but back to terror trips. So yeah, they actually it ends with like a walkthrough of the recreated Jupiter's claim set from Nope, which is uh, just pretty cool to walk through. It's the whole thing. They have the the giant inflatable of um, Steven Yoon's character. It's there. It's the whole town. It's kind of like the uh, the horse where it's kind of fallen onto the the cars there. Um, and then they mash up like they're kind of scares in the air, like a mashup of Get Out and Us. Um, mm. And it's it's trying for something maybe a little creepier than like jump scares. You can kind of see everybody, but they're like they're walking in the patterns that like the tether do, and some of them have the cups and they're like doing the stirring thing. So it's like a little creepier. I was like, oh, I, I appreciate this because again, it's a little like tone change. It's not quite the same as like it's another guy jumping out of you with a chainsaw trying to purge you. Um, yeah, like the, the the unnerving, right? Yes. Like I like that's the thing is like I think I really like being unnerved because like yeah, the jump scare. You know, the the thing I like the least is like you're walking by and then they just shove your their hand in your face. Yes. And it's just like all that's just that's just annoying. Right. You it's know? Like, like earn your earn your scares. Yeah. It's like I'm not I'm not I'm not scared. Like it doesn't it literally does nothing right. for me, you know, like all it does is it that's where I have to remind myself, Oh yeah, don't hit them. Yes. Uh, but I also gotta admit I got to admit, like I, I, when they do that, like then I'm like, oh, I understand why scare actors often get walloped. Not that not when we see videos of like someone going back and like hitting someone, you know, like after the fact, because I've seen that. And that's just like, that's like wildly horrific, mm-hmm. right? You know, but like you can understand that people just getting startled and shoving someone and there's, there's, there's nothing to it, you know, like I'm just putting my hand in your face. It's like, yeah. all right. You know, you've, you've, you've forced me to stop. You've startled me, you know, like there's, there's nothing to it as opposed to, you know, just being followed through half the maze by somebody, which I'll, I'll get to later. But like, yeah, that happened to me in one of them this year. And I was like, oh, cause that's, that's good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. Like it didn't, it didn't totally, you know, do me up this year, but I was just like, oh, I appreciate this. This is a little, again, unnerving. I was like, oh, cause you start to go like, are they going to do something? Like what's yeah. What's, Cause I think that's that almost what I wish like in Horror Nights with a, they occasionally do it where it's like, you know, something's coming, but yeah. it's like, I think because it's Horror Nights and they have a kind of formula at this point, it's like, you know, something's going to happen the next like 15 seconds or whatever. It's like, if they let the tension build and you're like, I know something's coming. I don't know where it's going to come from or when it's going to come. It would just be a little scary. I mean, I think that's probably, yeah. they just have to shove so many people through these, mazes on a nightly basis because it's like there are so many people in the park it's like it's crazy yeah the dreaded Um, conga line effect yeah yeah but that is a thing right is like it may be one of the reasons why this stuff tends to start getting just purely in the aesthetic of horror and and not actually the tension building because that takes time that that yes. take, that that is antithetical to get as many people through the turnstiles yep. as possible. Like you know, like throughput and tension do not go well together. No. And yet, um, you know, well, how many people were moving through, walking through Jupiter's claim? Oh God! I mean, oh, is it going to be like a tram full of people? But you've never been to Horror Nights. To well, no, I know how many. I don't know how many trams. Yeah, yeah. So like, what is that? Yeah, you know, so it's like, like, like fifty, a hundred people. You know? Oh, probably more. Probably a couple hundred. Couple hundred people. Oh, the tram. Yeah, they do a couple hundred people in the tram. Wow. I th- it must be. I don't know. I've only been on smaller that. trams, I guess. Okay. Yeah, there's like five or six cars in like the normal tram, so they like move y'all, and you've spread out a little bit because it's kind of like you're walking through the back lot and you walk through the. Um, you do walk through the War of the World set too, um, near that area. Oh, nifty. Um, with like the plane crash in the the town, so it's like the, you kind of spread out a little bit, but it's it's a good amount of people. Um. That's a yeah, bigger just, open area versus like the normal kind of enclosed, like two people wide of like the normal mazes. Yeah. And so having just things in the distance and just like people watching yeah. you, you know, like. Yeah. It's a little that more unsettling. Get, it's like, hmm, Yeah. Into this. Yeah. Yeah. Nervous. Having a flashback to the one year Warners did it on their lot, which was an excellent event, but I think was 
just a little too pricey for mm. relative to how big it was and they never brought it back which i felt was a real shame because one of the things you got to do there the, the only thing that involved a tram you took a little tram much smaller than the universal tram out to like the lake set and they had set up friday the 13th there and they have oh, okay all of these like campers running around and then once in a while you just see jason stalking through the woods and like would grab one and like pull them off and it was and it was dark it was like game of thrones day for night dark <laughs> right it was like gloomy and just like oh don't really know what's happening and in that one that one was and we went twice because it was totally awesome but yeah. also it, it the hair you know, stood up on the back of my neck a little bit because, like, it was surprising. Very, very good mazes. I wish, I wish they'd bring that event back, uh, but I think it lost a bunch of money. Because you got to shove people through, and you got to, got to get that money back. Yeah. All right. So, Jupiter's claim, Terratram. Um, l- let me let me roll it back here. Right. We sort of established the baseline what a scare actor does in, in these things. So, were they doing the same stuff? inside the weekend or did they have a totally different kind of pattern here it was it was similar so mm. it's maybe not shoving something in your face every time it's a little bit more jumping out of i don't know i guess the they like the nurses are in like a bathroom and they're coming at you with knives yeah. um it just it just felt like i think it was again we were talking about with like tone it's like it's people dressing kind of suits in these kind of weird horror adjacent elements without being kind of the standard it's another it's Halloween. It's Michael Myers, like coming at you with a knife or it's like, there's corpses hanging here or there's bags of meat hanging here, whatever. Um, so it was just, it was, I think different. And I think that's probably why I responded to the weekend like Ronnie, Cause they're just kind of like, they're not, they're playing in the horror landscape, but it's not quite like the normal stuff you get. Right. But even then, but the scare actors are still following a little bit of the same yes. pattern. Right. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Any other notes on on Universal before? Um, I guess I'll spend thirty seconds on it. It's, they had uh, one that I was pretty excited for because it was Dracula, the Wolfman, and the Mummy all together in a maze. It was really disappointing. It wasn't very Aww. scary. There's not a lot of either of the three of them. Was it they at least in black and white? Nope. No. Just, no. Mm. That would have been cool idea for maze. They've done three D, um, but a black and white one would be be neat. Um, and I think it was. We have the high point of the Bride of Frankenstein maze last year, which was like super cool and like told the story. This one was just kind of like you got the like three of the big ones together and you kind of did this with it. Like, what? You do so much more. It also kind of like raises a question of like, why didn't they bring your bride back? Because, yeah. you know, it they do bring, I mean, everyone brings mazes back, particularly like new mazes. They yes. usually have a, a few years worth of, worth of life in them. But I'm wondering if it got bad notes because it was like too story driven or something like that. It was considered a, maybe it's considered a, a lot of, I think it was, I was seeing a lot of stuff that was like really popular last year. Yeah. On like the kind of like people that rank mazes or whatever. Like it seemed like that was at the top because it was cool. It was different. Like it told the story, um, but I think it was like they probably were like, we can use these three of the Universal Monsters this year and just kind of didn't live up to, I think, kind of some of the past ones that have played with those, the Universal Monsters. Word. Well, I tackled knots this year, uh, in in large part thanks to our friend Juliet, who still has the in with the PR folks over there, (laughs) Um, and went on on opening night and... uh, I did my first run at knots last year and really really enjoyed it um knots is one of the parks of my childhood i have a lot of memories of you know um and also of course ghost town alive is you know this classic you know immersive theater experience in a theme park you know that that uh that that was developed there uh and has has reinvigorated the ghost town section of that park and indeed become like a huge attraction for what used to just be sort of dead space in the park which is totally brilliant um, and yeah, and as noted, Knotts is kind of the granddaddy of it all. It was the first yes. big uh, theme park haunt, uh, and and you haven't been, and I encourage you to go. Maybe even this year, if you can squeeze it in, I, I think it's I think it's worth it, even just from the the, the, the historical standpoint. Yeah, they had two I, I've new mazes every year. Yeah, <laughs> no, like you gotta go, man. Down there sometime, and it's like yeah, 
it, it does take, it does take a minute, but it's it's totally worth it. And, you know, if you, you plan it out right, get the buffet so you've got the eating. I know you're a foodie, so I know it. Yeah. Like, and they they you know go go that route. It's yeah. it's it's, it's worth doing chicken. up, right? You get like an extra hour, you get early access. Yeah. Total, okay. total, yeah, yeah, no, it's worth it. It's it is worth it. That being said, I was disappointed this year. <laughs> it's totally worth it, but I, me, snob that I am. No, uh, they had two new mazes this year, and both of them were trying something different, and so I, I appreciate that. So the the first one, uh, and I think literally the first one that Juliet and I walked through was Grimoire, and um, it started off with uh, a scene and it was clear, like you were going through like a little bit of a, a pre-maze and you saw some graffiti on the wall. And then you like go into like, you're in this like campsite and there are three actors dressed up like teenagers from the eighties. And they've got this, you know, they've got a grimoire in their hands and they're doing the thing. And this is often the thing you'll find uh, in these scare actor scenarios where like there's a recorded track and they're lip syncing to what's going yes, on. Right? So you can that is also that. a big thing in Horror Nights. Yeah. And that's, that's, there's nothing unusual about that. It's just no. like one of the tropes, you know, the thing. And so they're doing a little thing like, oh, grimoire, this and blah, 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 that, right? You know, so like, you know, we found this cool book and like, let's read a passage from it. Like grimoire, grimoire. And you're like, oh, uh, wow, you're dumb. Uh, and then and then this big, you know, pluff of steam comes out. So much so that we could not see where the hell we were, where we're we supposed to go next. And then you go through a tent and then you're you're working through these different uh there's different scenes these different eras you're kind of like going through the pages of the book as it were like mm. all these different times when the uh when the book was used and was called upon so there's like kind of a, a what feels like a um you know a, a colonial era sequence and then there's world war one sequence and then there's like 1950s americana sequence and then you're and all that's in black and white Oh, amazingly right which is cool and yeah. then you're kind of like you kind of pop back out into a campsite and like go like oh no like something bad has happened we got to go get the book and then you could go through uh like there's like kind of a jungly setup and like honestly it gets a little generic-y there's just like you know hell pit with trapped children you know uh and, and you are kind of walking through what i think is like you know repurposed um you know, other attraction zone. Cause like mm-hmm. we were walking over some bridges that felt like they're going over water. And I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. But what was, what was interesting about the the structure of it is that you did have these sequences where it felt like, you know, like, Oh, here's a scene that's going to play out. And here's a scene that's going to play out. Like there was one where in the 1950s one, there's like the father at the table and he's talking, you know, like, and, and again, it's like, like, Oh, we're all here to celebrate the blah, 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 whatever they're saying. And then there's like the mother in the kitchen and, you know, she's like shouting at you and, you know, telling you you've got to go through the refrigerator, which is like totally like, Oh, someone's been to Meow Wolf Santa Fe. <laughs> um, but what made it all suck <laughs> was go. that it was in conga line mode. Mm. So, it was just go through, go through, go through, go through. So you have all of this structure here for like spend some time with this actor and now go here and now go there. And instead it was just like a whip past, whip past, whip past, yeah. whip past to the point where you're like, why build it if you're not going to use it? Um, and, you know, you know, there's clearly some like stranger things aesthetics going on with like the kids. But like at the beginning and in the middle, but the storytelling that they're trying to do, like it's, it's all possible to sort of piece it together. And there's actually some video walkthroughs online that make a lot more sense than the actual experience of it. And I understand that part of it is like you go through and then you're supposed to go through again and pick up more details. But I got to say that, you know, by comparison, there's an earlier maze uh, like, like an older maze at Knott's uh, called Origins, which is very tied to the park's mythology. There's like the Green Witch, which is like a whole thing with Knott's. Um, and there's like a whole idea of like there's a curse on Calico and whatnot. And so they they built this whole maze around some of the mythology they've built up around the park, uh, at least for, you know, s- you know s- scary farm time and 
it does so well of visually telling a story as you progress through the rooms. There's all these elements uh, where you watch the witch uh, kind of go from like a, a woman who is condemned to being like full on wicked witch of the West green witch. Like she's deteriorating. You see going through and they're doing a lot of that with screens, but it's all done really well. And then like the culminating thing is you wind up in a room with her and she's flying around. Right. So it all builds. It, it's still in terms of like narrative haunts that I've seen uh, that are strictly just being haunts uh, the most effective in terms of storytelling. And that's, that's interesting. Cause I think that's something that maybe horror nights doesn't do a lot of it more trying to put you like in a movie. So you're like seeing like the key scenes and a little bit less storytelling. So are there, are there as many scares here? Or is it just kind of like these kind of like set pieces to tell the story in these ones? How does that, how does that work? So like origins, I mean like the scares such as the scares are, I think for both grimoire and origins, you know, it's like bang, ah, you know, like pretty, pretty typical scare actor stuff. And like the, the big monster at the end thing. Um, I mean, you know, truth be told, like I, 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 the most effective stuff at knots for me, is creepy, mm. not scary. Yeah. Like there's, uh, Pumpkin Eater, which is one of the mazes, which is uh, having its last hurrah. Last year felt a little sparse, but this year just it's weird and creepy. You're inside a pumpkin. There are rats at points, and everything's just kind of got this like, just kind of like if there's an icky, gross, but not like charnel meat locker thing. Hmm. Um, And so, um, nothing to I think I think some of the there's one called I think it's the depths. Maybe it's the deep. Sorry, someone's screaming right now. Um, but that one's like an undersea one. And it's got some like shark head mask guys and piranha face guys. And like that stuff, you know, I've got like the ancient terrors of. So it's just like, oh, I don't want to be, you know, like I'll get a little like weirded out by that. But again, a little more creepy than like full on, you know, scare. And not not too much of the I'm chasing you with a knife thing, right? Um yes. I think the the other new maze this year is um, it's it's God I can't remember, now I can't remember its name, uh, but basically it's it's a vampire bloodline. blaster bloodline eighteen forty two bloodline eighteen forty two thanks for looking up so bloodline eighteen forty two uh, you go into bloodline eighteen forty two you are given the choice of one of three blaster weapons uh, and then you're sent through the maze and all of the act scare actors and there's a lot of them like there's a lot of actors in this maze mm. and they all have like sensor collars on them so you can like shoot them with the blasters and the sensor collars will like light up while you're shooting them and then you're kind of like work through like scene to scene to scene the music was very loud so you couldn't hear what anyone was yelling at you but like you know some of the other actors are yelling at you like come on we gotta go we gotta go and you wind up in a scene in a cul-de-sac and then you get to like do a shootout thing and then you got to push through the next one and like the pacing on it i thought was really good but the chaos of there's 20 people with blaster guns. You're just spamming, you know, the gun button. There's no score kept. There's no, like oh, you can go through the whole maze, never the, pull the trigger. And like, it makes no difference whatsoever. Yeah. What's the point of it then? Exactly. What's the point right. of it? In okay. fact, the big culminating moment, which is this kind of cool set piece where they're like, all shoot out the windows. So the light can come through. And then when that happens, like that triggers, like something that falls that then like, you know, kills like the, the the lead vampire if you're busy shooting out the windows which is you know you're blasting the windows and like you know a, a just a digital effect goes off on a screen uh, if you're looking up at that as opposed to looking at like the the people and puppet effects then you miss actually the cool part oh, so it it's kind of unfortunate because the story ish they've got and the aesthetics they've got and the enthusiasm of the actors is all there but the really loud music and the pointless blasting because you've got 30 people shooting a scare actor wearing a sensor collar and the sensor collar tells them like, Oh, run backwards, but there's no room for subtlety. It's like all, you just got to hail a gunfire. 
you know, right. oh, I'm just going to sit here and jerk my body. It's not a one-to-one of like, you got me. Oh, no. Right? Like, there's stuff that could be really fun here, but the need to keep pushing people through, and there's a huge line for this, right? The need to pe- keep pushing people through just makes it kind of pointless. And that's that's sort of the thing, right? Like, I when we go as press, and, and you went as a, as a normie, um, or maybe you paid for the VIP, but like uh, I paid for the front of line. I yeah, you paid for front of line, right? And not pay for front of line because you'll have a bad time. Yeah, and that's the thing with all these things, right? It's like you you pay for these front of line passes so you can skip ahead, or you have the the press, and like they charge you a, a fair amount of money. In, in part because if they don't, then like everyone's going to buy, and then it becomes pointless. But like thinking about waiting for an hour and a half, maybe, or like an hour 45 minutes even to go into one of these things that's just a conga line setup yeah like i'm i'm always like man like I, could i be remotely nice into this that they mm-hmm. get to like two hours plus on like the standby line and it's, yeah. yeah it's like i don't know like do you want to you're gonna do like three mazes and it's like is that worth worth it seriously i don't know it's it's hard it's hard to figure out um I mean, if, if you're really, really into this aesthetic, probably, but yeah, I felt, I felt bloodlines was a misfire because of weirdly enough, because of the interactivity Hmm. and could have been much more interesting as a series of dioramas that you were going through, um, uh, where they were telling you, you didn't have agency and you were in fact in real danger, you know, Uh, or maybe just give the guns to one or two people, you know? Yeah. And have everyone's like, oh, like shoot him, shoot him, shoot him, you know, like, no, um, like there's, there's some stuff that can be fun that can be done in those. Uh, and I like, I'm, I'm glad to see them try. I'm glad to see them experiment, but, um, it was definitely, would it's, it hmm? would almost be better as like a premium add on where there's like 10 people going through it at a time instead of 20 to 30. Oh, I, I think, yeah. Like, like, an, uh, I mean, I don't want to encourage these places to be doing yeah, yeah. charges on stuff, but like, but, but you know, it'd be better experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we gotta pay for the better experience. Um, two more, two more notes on 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 knots. Um, one, which is Dark Ride, which is the other one that's going away this year, is really fun. It's it's like a corrupted carnival dark ride is the theme. It's just really smart theming, really well done. Um beautiful in the appropriateness of like matching the setting mm-hmm. uh to the point where i'm like oh i'm sad this is going away um and and i'm kind of shaky on whether or not like they're up to like making something worth replacing it because last year they introduced mesmer which you were, i was you were pretty big on this one last year right i was gaga over it like we went we went multiple times into that one because it was weird and creepy and beautiful and disturbing in, in this way of like it felt like a real journey into madness a journey into like the dark you know reaches of your mind in a fully turn of the 20th century as that carnival aesthetic like just unlike anything else in the park um you know real real you know david lynch vibes to the whole whole deal through like the carnival uh theme park aesthetics but just top notch and i guess it wasn't popular with the hardcore crowd because this year the second you walked into the opening tent the the scene zero, which last year was like a weird mesmerism show, um, was just a burned out husk of body parts. <laughs> and I was oh. like, oh God. Yeah. And so they just added some hunks of meat to the whole deal and like turned down the lights and like put some ookie all over the place. And, you know, maybe it was just that the actress who had the last year had the cool job of you know playing the violin on her exposed arm which was just like a really weird visual like she wasn't in there that time maybe but there was like a dummy of her but like i guess there's also a dummy of her like when you when you 
went through last year and there was the actress but also just like could have been like oh we're just pulling the resources out of this one but the fact that like the very framing at the start was like charred meat you know what this needed you know what the you know you know what the classic 19th century uh, uh oh no sorry sorry everybody sometimes i do that um i will not do that voice i apologize um but really it felt like what what somebody somewhere said you know what this needs is some charred meat because More. because More that's what people come to yeah that's what people come to knots for yeah. it's charred meat and i was i was heartbroken by that and i think that's uh, I, that's interesting that's something i was kind of like trying to muse on in in my piece is like if will people stand for like making things a little like weirder and less like kind of formulaic and maybe the answer as it turns out with mesmer is no which is uh, disappointing but yeah i mean like you know take for instance you know um, i just went this past week to the la haunted hayride my first time to the haunted hayride uh it's being run by 13th floor productions this year who have a lot of haunts all over the country uh they're they're the production company that like you know is producing delusion these days they they're producing shacktober over at the the queen mary now that uh dark harbor isn't happening anymore and um you know there were three mazes it's a lot cheaper it's like 30 bucks for the hayride alone 40 bucks for the three mazes in the hayride um and you know on, on a certain level you're getting what you pay for um everything that feels like it's you know out of like the catalog of haunt stuff uh, or, you know, the trade show floor Um, and not too much effort is put into disguising it. Like you, like every big, you know, here's the monster that pops out and goes, well, they all make the same really loud noise. And they're all on these like spindly uh, mechanical contraptions. And you see like them all over the place and there's no attempt to disguise it. Which like, I recognize those twelve foot tall skeletons from Home Depot. Well, no, 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 no. Like these are these are right. these are not those. Right. Uh, at least it's not that. Although I got to say that a Jackson Bones has a little more meat on his bones than some of the spindly skeletons like up in this mug. Um, I mean, it's kind of like look, it's got a real carnival vibes, and like people are standing in line, people are paying money, people go back every year. You know, like they they like the basic aesthetics of horror. You know, it is funny to watch a bunch of high school students. Like there was a group in one in one that I went through, there were like four girls and one boy, like in front of me. And like you could tell that boy was having the time of his life because those girls were, were were definitely freaked out at certain points. And then they were all taking like Instagram photos in front of and getting the photo shoot just right in front of like the the trick-or-treat merry-go-round thing with like the spectral horses. You know, it's like everyone's there to have that, you know, quick adrenaline hit and and there was there were moments in there like there was a the midnight mortuary one uh like that was one where there was a scare actor um who who followed me through like half the maze and that was that was creepy you know i was really like all what is dude gonna do something like i don't know and then and then on to the rest of it and you know like just like here's a mannequin here's some gore you know here's a loud sound and and i just wanted just like a wee bit more effort because like some of the there was a very linda blair exorcism like pop out creature thing like in that one and if there was just a little more effort put into like making it be a surprise um or hiding the mechanics of it it would have been kind of actually really effective like it was, mm-hmm. it was a nifty little thing even though it was like kind of you know feels like off the shelf but like everything feels off the shelf everything feels like you know we're going to give you exactly what you're expecting and I guess people like that i will say that the hayride itself was kind of really disappointing and super formulaic because almost every scene was like and here comes guy with pig mask and sledgehammer bang bang on the side of the hayride oh, okay. okay you know here comes guy with a chainsaw i'm gonna hold this close to your head right you know like which you know it's like okay i'm unnerved by that um but there were moments like there's one point you're driving through 
and there's like someone in like a chintzy gray alien costume and there were like two girls like in cages at the end of this thing but the chintzy gray alien costume the guy was just like waving the hayride on in the costume and then you get to where the girls are and they're like oh help us get us out of here ah, right which is like a little bit more effective him. right but like would have been way more interesting if like you know the gray alien was tormenting them or just kind of yeah. being creepy to them and they're like yelling at us to like save them from the gray alien like it doesn't take there were moments where i thought like oh this is gonna go it didn't you know like you pull up in front of a vampire bar and there's like a sound thing that happens and they're like all like oh it's fresh meat and then it's just two actors going around going oh. hey, ha, ha. like every other thing was two actors going around going ah, ah, ah. and it's like you do that for 10 minutes straight over and over again and it's just like can you come up with something else like anything else like do like a a, 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 i don't know like a heart sacrifice thing like just do something gory you know some grand guggenol you know there's so much inventiveness you know there's and and you got to imagine there's a lot of human creativity available to them in in the you know just in general but also specifically here in los angeles (laughs) Yeah, we got a we got a big Halloween scene here. There's a, it's like that's yeah, it's like that's what you got. I've come to take your soul. Now I'm gonna walk around the tram and go. (laughs) Cool man, it's happened like three times tonight. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) By the end, it's just a farce. And and so I came, I came out of that like, and that was the first thing I did. I was like, I'm gonna do the hayride first. I'm gonna do the signature, and I was like, well, my expectations are set. Um, but the, the, some of the other mazes, you know, solid, they're solid, you know? Um, and, and, and if you have people who react to jump scares and I mean, and I think that's, I think for a lot of people, that's the thing, right? You know, you go with a big friend group, you got a couple of people who are susceptible to jump scares and you have a blast because you're just waiting for them to pop off. Right. And if you're if you're looking for a deeper fright, um, it's not going to, or you're looking for something aesthetically strange or just creepy. Nah, not, you know, go, go to the weirder immersive stuff. Yeah. And there's one, I, I, I wish I'd checked out before we uh, were talking about some hiding packs, but I know um, on thousand Oaks, there's the rain of terror, which I think is like a fairly lengthy uh, haunted house type thing in California. So maybe at some point I will hit that this season. And uh, yeah, Talk about it. Somewhere. Yeah. Hit it up, report back. Um, I, you know, and there's, there's a lot of, of course, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, extreme haunts out there. There's, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, 17th door down in Orange County, which, you know, likes to like do like electroshock stuff at points, mm-hmm. like like tingler seats. And I think they were doing bug eating one years, like, and, and, and that sort of stuff. I just kind of like, I have, I have zero interest. Like, you know, like I'm not interested in being hazed, you know, yeah. it's like, ah, hazing horror, you know, not my deal, which is a little bit sad. I think with 17th door because, because I know they do that sort of stuff, but, but I know they also have like this ongoing kind of, you know, kind of hell house style story about a teenage girl whose life goes wrong that they've been carrying over year over year. And like that side of it, I'm very interested in, you know, like, oh, you know, like an upjumped hell house. But then it's like, we're going to put you in a seat and shock you. And I'm like, eh, no, I don't want to do that. I just, just no. Uh, but, you know, I'd love to see the story of like, you know, her soul's been sold the devil. Even if it's like, you know, ultimately like arch conservative Christian, which I, you, which hell houses often are. And maybe this is that, or maybe it's just like, you know, adjacent to it. Um, but yeah, like, I don't want someone to tell me like, put your hands in the pig guts. It's like, oh, mm, you know, right, so are, we, are we back in right. elementary school with the, uh, the eyeballs? Like, yeah. Fear. For, no, 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 but actual pure, but actual pig guts. Like, oh, it is actual. Like, that pig. was, oh, that, okay. that was, that was what it was. That was what the, the legend was. And again, maybe, maybe just legend, but the legends around 17th door were always like, oh, it's this and yeah. it's that. And maybe it's all exaggerated for effect because you want that mystique. Uh, but that's enough to make me go like, yeah, I don't know if I really want to do that, <laughs> you know? Um, so, but I think I was, I was saying that in, in part because you mentioned reign of terror and just wanting to say, you know, if you've got 
a line on something that's, you know, not full on, you know, immersive, immersive, though the way, you know, we go and do immersive. So not, not necessarily, you know, a creep show, not necessarily something, you know, like, you know, delusion in the, the years of old, uh, not even something like I think what Psycho Clan's doing in New York, uh, and we're sending actually Edwards going to Nightmare, oh, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Edward. what, <laughs> what? All right, and Edward may finally learn the lesson of like volunteering for everything. So, <laughs> like, maybe this is the thing. Um, but you know, not stuff necessarily like that where it's like super intimate, small, but but something where like just some really inventive haunter stuff. Like, I'm in the mood for it. And I'm probably going to try to do some of the home haunts in Burbank this year because I'm, I'm really curious. And yeah, I think you should go try and check out Reign of Terror. Um, yeah, I think I will. See if we can Maybe find I'll, something. Because I think their like, most interesting thing that I've always been tempted to do on their website is they run the entire haunted house lights out, I think, near the end of the season, mm. um, which seems like it would be actually scary because if you can't see shit, like yeah, uh, the jump scares are going to pop when people come at you. Yeah. Although like I gotta say, like having there was one part of the Hayride where there was a strobe set at an intensity where we were just blinded when we were on the corner. Like that group of oh. that group that group of teens in front of us, they were like all I heard them go, I can't see. And then I got to where they were. And I was like, Yeah, I can't see either. <laughs> and like and it was right around like a hay, hay bale switchback back. So I was just like, I just slowed down and I was like, two things came to mind. One yeah, I may trip here, which doesn't seem good. And I don't, I don't have like any like epilepsy issues, but I know people who do. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. you can't, you can't send someone with a, that condition through this stuff. Um, and it's just one of the things that feels mm, thoughtless. Uh, and it might've just been, you know, literally just like, oh yeah, we didn't tune it right. Yeah. Uh, but you're kind of like, do you really want people tripping over a hay bale in the middle of your Sure, sure don't. Particularly if anyone coming to to fix the problem is going to be similarly <laughs> blinded by the light unless you turn the light off. Like I don't know, just this this is one of those things where you're like, oh, has this, has this been thought through? Um, you know, like ma- maximum effect on one way, but like also maximum maximum damage. So the light of it all. All right. Kevin, anything else? Maybe you'll go to Reign of Terror. Anything else yeah, on your radar? Yeah, Reign of Terror. Maybe I'll hit Scary Farm. We can uh, have another <laughs> round of uh, spookies and stuff. But uh, not really. I think it's kind of... I'm going to some concerts this month. It's uh, it's less spookies and more just kind of like... It's like Halloween vibes, uh, I feel like. so. Yeah, definitely Halloween vibes. Uh, like... Also did Boston Bar Bloodsuckers, which had its run already, and that's completed. And that that's sort of it's definitely a spooky season because it's vampires, but it's more comedy, and so not quite not necessarily what people are looking for when they're looking for a spooky season. But it was a lot of fun. I, but um, I, sometimes you need that. It's like I, the variety is what's what's yeah. nice. Too, right? Like I like a good immersive comedy is just fun too. I feel like there's not enough of it. Sometimes. We yeah we always say that, and, yeah. and it's always true. Um, and so and, and that show was a little more. Like it, it was a little more site specific theater at the start of it and then moved into like an interactive mode, but like it, it transitioned well and totally worked, you know, like it didn't feel out of place and, and it was actually really worth, almost like worth studying. And I think Crickle Wood Immersive, they've stated that they want to do some more monster and comedy mashup shows. Mm. Uh, so hopefully, uh, like they made, they made in their advertising campaign for it, they made cracks like Frank and Seinfeld. <laughs> and maybe that's just like a joke they did for an ad, or maybe it's something they're they're actually going to do, um, which I think would be very very hard. But also, you start to think about it. You know, you map the Universal monsters onto the Seinfeld cast. I think you can get there pretty quickly. Like, yeah. I think that's I think that's doable. So, like, maybe that's what Jansen's gonna gonna go and do. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll. We'll see what's coming from that corner. Um, yeah. All right, Kevin. Oh, and and we know like other members of the team, you know, they've, uh, Brianna had, went up to Winchester Mystery House for Unhinged. Looks like she had a really good time. Uh, I think she also had a really good time. She checked out Hauntoween here, which is like a little more, you know, like Halloween fun 
uh, here in LA. Uh, and she had a good, she seems like I could attend that. If you got, is that a free form related event? I think it was last year. So I thought it was free because, so it's actually, uh, I drive by it every time I go to the gym because it's super close oh, really? to me. It is not free form <laughs> this year though. It, it's not free uh, it's like its own thing. Okay. Uh, and then we know Cemetery Lane, which is the trick or treat uh, that's happening over at the um, Heritage Square Museum, which is put on by the the, the folks who do uh, Midsummer Screen. That's coming up, and that's that's full on trick or treat action uh, for kids. But like Heritage Square Museum is absolutely fun. So yeah, it's a uh, super cool site. So yeah, it's a great site. So really good, really good spot for kids. All right. I think that's it for now. Um, and maybe there's something else in this episode. So, but Kevin, we'll, we'll come back around soon enough. Yes. Once again, I want to thank Kevin for being our guest on the his guest guest co-host partner on this it's not it's not is it a guest when the when the team comes through anyway thanks kevin <laughs> you saved us <laughs> so we didn't have like a blank episode this week uh so that's that's what's up with that uh lots of news running around out there lots of stories it is spooky season so that means there's a fair amount of coverage of immersive antics out in the mainstream press you may have seen one here or there uh not gonna not gonna dive into that uh too much at the moment but i'm gonna note a couple of things one uh, there was a report in the Toronto Star, a, c- a couple other places, but we we clocked the Toronto Star uh, for a couple of reasons about uh, Disney signing a deal with the folks behind the immersive Van Goghs that pop up everywhere. Well, not all of them, but some of them, uh, that being uh, Lighthouse Immersive, which is based out of Toronto, and they're going to have an immersive animation, Immersive Disney. I think ImmersiveDisney.com is the URL for it. Uh, exhibit starting in Toronto uh, this December. So that's been announced. And of course, when it pops up at their headquarters, usually it rolls out uh, elsewhere. Uh, It's an article that's not just about that, but it dives into uh, this whole wing of immersive uh, and yeah, I get quoted in it. So like, that's one of the reasons why I'm like aware of the piece and, and excited about it is actually Parker brought it to me because uh, Parker, our associate producer also, uh, you know, uh, disclosure works for, for lighthouse. That's, that's Parker's day job. Uh, and was like, Hey, look at this. This is a big deal in, 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 in our world. And I was like, Oh yeah. Hey, uh, actually <laughs> look, there I am. Uh, so that's, that's something to be tracking at the moment. Um, and this of course comes on the heels of today ticks buying secret cinema. And of course the big billion dollar valuation on fever from earlier in the year. So, uh, moves, lots of money moves, lots of, lots of deals being made, things happening as immersive as an industry matures. Um, also starting to see those green shoots again of, uh, immersive as a creative scene, uh, there's some fun stuff that's going to be opening here in LA soon. I'm not just talking about the fact that the stranger things experience is coming down from San Francisco to here. It's going to pop up in November. I'm sure everyone's already seen all the ads for that. Uh, but there's, there's something else, uh, that's gonna, that's gonna pop up here on the smaller scale. And I'm very excited about that. And we'll tell you about that soon. Uh, it's under wraps at the moment, but it is something we've experienced before, uh, at least here at no pro. And so that should be, that should be fun for everybody. And, um, yeah, there's just, there's a lot going on. Uh, one of the best ways to keep up with everything, of course, uh, is to hang around either our Facebook group, Everything Immersive, which has almost like 12,000 people in it, uh, and things pop through there. But if you want to get down into the nitty gritty, uh, swing on by the NoPro Discord, and uh, there's it's a little more no-holds-barred when it comes to uh, talking about stuff. Also, if you are uh, a creator and you're looking to get your show, your event information out there into the world, don't forget to submit to everythingimmersive.com because not only does it go into the newsletter, the only way to get in the newsletter, uh, it's also how you get into our Twitter or Facebook feed because uh, I do that now as well. It's not automatic. I sit there and I, I'm the one who types that stuff up. So 
uh, there you go. Uh, and if, uh, if, if you don't do the bare minimum of submitting, like I cannot help you, uh, don't just send us a press release, please, please submit to everything immersive.com. Um, and as always, uh, if you want to help us catalog the immersive world, uh, feel free to drop me a line at Noah at noprosinium.com or pitches at noprosinium.com. Uh, we've got a, uh, curation team who hops in and out and who brings us uh, stuff and that's really great but we can always use a couple other cartographers as it were on the team so feel free to give me a holler probably can't bring anybody on board until november just because of how much is going on but um, we can always use the help okay that's that for now uh, there's plenty more that we could talk about, uh, but we'll, we'll do that anon or hit me up on the discord and, uh, we'll, we'll chatter away the credits. Let's do the credits. The associate producer for this show is Parker Sella. Music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. Special thanks to Siobhan Lachlan for voicing our intro. And this podcast is my fault. So I'm Noah Nelson and until next time, I'll see you at the show.